Good afternoon, Summer Bridge program of 2019. My name is Lauren Hildebrandt, and today I will be talking about the Heart Mountain Centennial. Now, before I get into my topic any further, let me tell you what the definition of immigration is. The definition of immigration states that immigration involves moving to a new country with the intention of settling there permanently after leaving one's country of citizenship. In many cases, immigrants go on to become citizens of that receiving nation. Tourists, foreign students, and others who visit or reside in a country temporarily are not considered immigrants. Now that we know what immigration is, we can get started. This all started after the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th of 1941. For mainland Japanese Americans, it would be months before FDR would sign Executive Order 9066 resulting in the removal and mass incarceration of Japanese Americans. Order 9066 is an executive order signed by Franklin D. Roosevelt on February 19, 1942, authorized what was to become the mass forced removal and incarceration of all Japanese Americans on the West Coast. As a result of this order, some 1,100,000 Japanese Americans living on the West Coast were removed and put into inland concentration camps in the summer of 1942 but the changes in attitudes and atmosphere were immediate after the events of Pearl Harbor. Japanese Americans recall a sudden awareness that teachers, friends, and neighbors now viewed them with fear and suspicion, and a curfew was quickly put into place. Newspapers and government officials used slurs like Jap to paint Japanese Americans as disloyal and dangerous. Later, they would use doublespeak like evacuation and relocation to disguise the true nature of what was happening. These words suggested that the forced removal of American citizens was for their safety and protection, rather than the exile and imprisonment that it actually was. The general consensus of federal agencies before the Pearl Harbor event was that the Japanese American community as a whole poses little to no threat to the U.S. should war with Japan take place. However, they still put together custodial detention lists, commonly called the ABC lists, of those who would be arrested should war come. These lists allowed the government to begin rounding up what they were now enemy aliens within hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now that you know more of the prejudice against Japanese Americans, we can get into the event of Heart Mountain. The construction of the Heart Mountain Relocation Center began in the summer of 1942. The first trainload of internees, which is what Japanese Americans were called, arrived on August 12th of 1942. Incarcerees came from California and Washington, 6,448 from Los Angeles County, 2,572 from Santa Clara County, 678 from San Francisco, and 800 43 from Yamaka slash Washington counties. For the Asi, who had immigrated to the U.S. to build new lives in their adopted country, removal to these inland locations meant the loss of homes, jobs, and businesses. Younger Nasi, who are second-born, second-generation, and Sanzi, third-generation, suddenly were forced to leave school and friends behind with no idea as to when they might return. Over the course of the three years, it existed as a War Relocation Authority, or WRA, facility. From August 1942 to November of 1945, 
Some 14,000 incarcerees passed through the confinement camp. Many were destined to stay within its barbed wire confines the entire time. At its peak, the population was 10,767. People commonly called Heart Mountain a concentration camp when it was open. That made sense because a concentration camp is a place where members of a racial, ethnic, or political group are confined without charges or trials. Today, calling a Heart Mountain a concentration camp jars people because the term has come to refer to the Nazi death camps from the Holocaust. Heart Mountain was not a death camp, but it was also not an internment camp. Internment is a lawful process for detaining enemy aliens. An example of how different Heart Mountain is, is that it had one of the most successful agriculture programs of all the camps. Introducing new crops that had never been grown in the region. Peas, beans, cabbage, carrots, cantaloupe, watermelon, and other fruits and vegetables. The camp even raised cattle, hogs, and chickens for its own consumption. In the camp, there was a school for children. It had regular classrooms, an auditorium slash gymnasium, a library, a home ec room, a, mach a machine shop, and a wood shop. At the Heart Mountain Centennial, they also had a Catholic church and a community Christian church, which held services that were attended by all denominations. And although the practice of Buddhism was initially discouraged, a Buddhist church was eventually established in such group events as Kabuki Theater and Bon Odori, the animal festival for the dead, were allowed. While the children were away at school, adults could take part in standard crafts and hobbies such as sewing, knitting, wood carving, flower arranging, bonsai, calligraphy, haiku, poetry, and the games of Go and Shogai. Now that we know what went on inside the camp, let's look at how the rest of Wyoming felt. At first, the feeling of Wyoming residents upon the sudden arrival of thousands of Japanese Americans resembled the feelings of the rest of the country. Many in Park County wondered why a group the government deemed too dangerous to stay on the West Coast would be safer in their communities. In Powell and Cody, shops, hotels, and restaurants displayed no Japs allowed signs. Wyoming Legister took action to stop the Nisi incarcerated from voting in Wyoming, and they also refused to grant them hunting and fishing licenses. However, many in the region ultimately came to accept the Heart Mountain incarcerated who shopped and utilized services in nearby Cody and Powell. Residents were rewarded special permits to leave the camp for shopping and temporary work. The camp was an economic boon to Park County which may have helped local residents feel positively towards the Japanese Americans. The most visible legacy of Heart Mountain is the irrigation canal that incarcerees helped to build. As restrictions began to ease, the incarcerees were given opportunities to move from the camp to work or go to college in the Midwest or the East. On December 17, 1944, the government announced that mass exclusion was no longer necessary and would end in January of 1945. The very next day, the WRA proclaimed all relocation centers will be closed within a period of six months to one year after the revocation of the exclusion orders. It took months for Heart Mountain to close. The incarcerees discovered when released that while the war was over, their struggle against prejudice was not. Racism was still very much alive in the United States and still is today. On that note, that brings us to the present day. Racism is a huge part of society nowadays. Almost everyone has a little prejudice in them. 
In the past coming years, immigration has become a problem in the eyes of most because all of their hard work and their hard-earned tax money is going to them. In the past few years, detainment camps have also become more widespread across the country. Many organizations, mainly ICE, deal with immigrants in, some say, an inhumane way. ICE, also known as Immigration and Customs Enforcement, executes missions through the enforcement of more than 400 federal statutes and focuses on smart immigration enforcement, therefore preventing terrorism and combating the illegal movement of people and trade. The ICE goals are to safely deal with illegal immigrants, but Luma Maflay, a refugee activist who's an immigrant herself, tells a different story, one from her and many others' point of view. In Luma's TED Talk of 2017, Don't Feel Sorry for Refugees, Believe in Them, she says, how much more suffering? How much more suffering must we take? How many more people need to be forced out of their homes before we say enough? A hundred million? Not only do we shame, blame, and reject them for atrocities that they had absolutely nothing to do with, we re-traumatize them when we're supposed to be welcoming them into our countries. We strip them of their dignity and treat them like criminals. I don't even know what to say following Luma's quote. Only that in today's world, very few of us think of others and how they feel until it's too late to fix anything. We think of only ourselves and what we deem is wrong, what should be done. Watching Luma's TED Talk broke my heart because now I can actually see how immigrants feel coming to the supposed land of the free, the best country in the world, supposedly. The problem is racism and prejudice in today's world. And it's too deep-rooted in our history to really do anything about it because there is no realistic way to stop racism. It's like war, anger, envy. It's always there. You can't stop it. We can't control everybody to think one way or another. We can only control ourselves. And it's cheesy to say this, but one person can change the world if we all think that. If we all think that we can change the world then we can. That is the solution. My name is Lauren Hildebrandt, and this was my podcast on the Heart Mountain Centennial and racism today. Thank you.